If you remember uh, last week, the gospel was Jesus telling that parable of um, the, the Pharisee, you know, at the front of the temple and the, the tax collector at the rear of the temple. They're both saying their prayers and the Pharisee was praying to himself <laughs> and saying, thank God I'm not like all the bad people, essentially. And the, fer- or the, the tax collector was in the back, knew he was a bad guy, knew that he was a sinner and basically just said that have mercy on me, a sinner. And the Lord's, the, the ah moment was when Jesus said that the tax collector went home justified, which would have, you know, shocked the people because tax collectors generally were horrible people. They extorted others uh, to make their living. And, um, and they were, you know, collecting taxes on behalf of, of the Romans who were foreigners, foreign occupiers. So, you know, they were sort of turncoats of their own people. So, Those were the words Jesus said last week, you know, telling the parable. This week, he actually puts his words into action. He's walking through Jericho, and he comes upon, you know, this large crowd. And um, and Zacchaeus, we're told, this chief tax collector, so not just a a run-of-the-mill tax collector, somebody who is very, very wealthy because he's extorted many, many people. Right, so he's again. The way it worked was he'd collect what not just what he needed to pay the the government, um, but he would collect more than that to live on. And so the wealthier he would get would be based upon how much he could extort from the people he was collecting from. That's just how they made their living, and he made a fine living apparently. Um, Zacchaeus. So Zacchaeus, you know, the celebrities coming by, basically, and we can imagine how this went. And Zacchaeus, apparently not a tall guy, and he's trying to get through the crowd. But of course, the crowd isn't going to let this guy through, you know, because they don't like him. Everybody knows who he is. So they're not going to be like, yeah, sure, come to the front. They're probably elbowing him out. And, but he wants to see the Lord. He runs ahead, climbs a tree, which is kind of ridiculous to think of a, a probably a middle-aged man or an older man climbing a tree, but such is the scene. And Jesus puts his words into action. He goes right up to Zacchaeus. He says, come down because I'm going to stay with you. Now his intention, remember, we heard the very beginning of the gospel, the Lord intended to pass through. He wasn't going to stay. But he encounters Zacchaeus He encounters that moment and that opportunity because he can see in Zacchaeus the possibility, the potential. And he says, today I'm going to stay at your house. I've changed my mind. I've changed my plans on a whim. I've encountered you. And the Lord just knows he needs to stay with him. Which, And that's the moment of today's gospel that, you know, everybody would have went and they did. You know, what? What are you doing? I mean, he just told them, now maybe it's a different crowd, but he had just told them that this, you know, the Lord can find favor with even a tax collector, which is pretty amazing in itself, right? I mean, we still don't like tax collectors, right? They're nameless. It's just the IRS. But I don't know if anybody's ever worked for the IRS and claimed it, but, you know, who do you work for? Uh, Let's not talk about that, you know. I'm an auditor for the IRS. Ah, get out of my house. Um, you know, I mean, there's, <laughs> uh, just imagine how it was then with the dynamic, right? 
Um, anyway, so the, the big moment here is when Jesus says he's gonna bestow his presence upon Zacchaeus and his entire household. As bad of a guy as this is, the Lord wants to spend time with him. Now that should give us some kind of comfort. Again, this is a really bad guy. He, he got rich by extorting his own people. Not a good guy. He comes off as kind of a good guy initially or kind of a comical guy, but he's not a good guy. That's why it was so shocking that Jesus would spend time with him, talk to him, spend time with him, let alone stay with him in his own home. It's shocking to people because the Lord should be spending time with, you know, religious people and holy people and, you know, all the rest. And yet he doesn't over and over and over again in the gospels. He doesn't spend time with those people. He is going after the lost. He's going after the people who really need him and know they need him. And that's the thing about Zacchaeus. He knows he's not a good guy. He knows it. And from that encounter he has with Jesus makes the decision to change his life. And probably, as we're even told, you know, is able to receive salvation because of that change. So what, what can we glean from this? Well, I mean, I guess a lot of it is somewhat obvious, but number one, similar to last week, the Lord seeks us out. And it is not uncommon for people to wonder, am I good enough for the Lord? Am I good enough for God? Am I, because, you know, we, all of us have a sense that we're not good enough. And, it, and actually, that's kind of true. I mean, how could we be good enough for God? right, if we were sort of, if we were evaluating it. But from God's perspective, it's probably not dissimilar, you know, to parents and their own children. Yeah, you, as your children, uh, you know, grow and they get older and they, they begin to make their mistakes and their choices, you look at your children and, you know, you might have a, a couple of them who are doing, doing well and they're on the right path and then you've got the other one. <laughs> You know, who's not on the right path. But, but as a parent, you know, even though they're not on the right path or maybe they've wandered, you don't think of them as less your child. They're just as much your child as the, other, the others. You love them just as much. And so too, the Lord looking at us. It's, it's not a matter of us ever becoming worthy on our own for God. It's that he makes us worthy. He calls us into relationship. It's his initiative, right? He's the one, just like with Zacchaeus, who seeks us out and draws us closer. Now, Zacchaeus, there has to be some kind of, like him, there has to be some kind of desire to want that. And again, this, this, this is what Zacchaeus had good about him, is that he wanted to be close to the Lord. Maybe he didn't know completely what that, it, what that meant, and maybe we don't either. But just that desire was the first part. Now, that's not enough, though. It's not enough that we go to Mass. It's not enough that we merely do the obligational stuff. It's good. It's very good. It's very good that you're here, right? But the Lord is after more than that. 
Think of it this way. When, when we love someone, and parents with children, this, this, this makes sense uh, probably very readily. But when we love someone, we always want them to be better. We always want to, if you will, we seek the improvement of the object of our love. Um, we always want to move them up. So, you know, with the kids, we, you want to celebrate what's good and their achievements and everything else, but you still want to kind of move them forward until they're really kind of a fully functioning, self-reliant adult. You're not really done. And that could be well into their 50s, you know? But if you think about it with your spouses as well, like, you know, ladies, you, you, you love your husband but you also see all of the imperfections. And, you know, your love, your desire, then is, is to improve him in some ways. You want him to be better, a better husband, a better father. You just want him to be better because you love him. You know, husbands, it's different because your wives are all perfect. <laughs> and I say that out of mere self-preservation. <laughs> so spouses, you love one another, and that love also sort of creates a desire for the other to improve and be better. That It's just a part of, if we love, that's how love manifests itself partially. It's part of how it manifests itself. So, so too with God. So initially we have the encounter. God seeks to encounter us to start a relationship with us, but then he desires to improve us. Right? It doesn't stop at, it is true, God will totally accept you as you are. Every single person who is here today is completely welcome to be here. Absolutely. We want you here. And we want as many people here as would love to be here at St. Thomas More. And it begins that. It just begins there, being welcome, understanding that the Lord wants to spend time with you. However, it's more than that. Because the Lord, because of his love, which can be fierce, he desires to improve us, all of us. He desires that we grow in holiness, in virtue, right? In goodness. Our goal in this life is to expand our own ability to love and receive love so that in eternity, we may receive love in an even greater measure. If there's, a, if there's per, perhaps a limit in eternity, it's, it's not that we wouldn't make it to heaven. It's that the experience of heaven, right, for us may be limited by our ability to love. Certainly we can all love to some degree, but the, the greater that we can love means the greater that we can all re, also receive divine love in eternity and even now. And so... As a community, you know, we come together every single Sunday. Why do we go to Mass every Sunday? Well, God said so. That's number one. But number two, we need it. We need the encounter with God. We need that encounter so that we're in his presence. We're saying thank you. We're giving him praise. But also because we seek to move forward with our lives, sometimes incrementally, sometimes just a little bit, and sometimes we make big steps but we do this together as a community, supporting one another in the Lord. Please stand.